Holly G with the Golf Insiders and my guest today, Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel, one of the few members of the media on site last week. Todd, give me your impressions, uh, what it was like to be back out covering live golf and with all the new protocols in place. Um, for me, it wasn't, it wasn't the norm for sure, but it wasn't to the point where it was like, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> um, I think it was more, more strange for the players in that when they arrived, they had to get tested. It was mandatory that the players and the caddies get tested. <clears throat> I think the interesting thing is that there were certain areas that they couldn't visit. Um, there's certain things they couldn't touch that they're used to doing. For instance, if a player wanted their club worked on, they had to take that club and put it in a room. It was then wiped down and given to the manufacturer rep who worked on the club, and they put it back in that room. It was wiped out again and then ultimately given to the player. <clears throat> they, they didn't have their balls or shoes that the manufacturers normally give them placed in a locker room. They had to go to a different area to pick them up. So, I mean, those are small things, but for guys who are creatures of habit, you know, it was, it was an adjustment. Um, but at the end of the day, the biggest thing that was missing was the fans, and you understand why they aren't on the grounds. But, um, you know, it was weird. It was weird for a couple of reasons. One, the biggest, you, know, you don't have the same energy because the fans in Fort Worth are just amazing. Uh, I think that was the, the strangest part. And those players, they a lot of them do feed off that energy and and feel feel comfortable playing in front of crowds now. Uh, but ultimately, it was a golf tournament, and they handed out a check for $1.3 million, and somebody won, and there you go. <laughs> yeah, I think especially, you know, the way the tournament, um, you know, turned towards the end with, you know, Xander missing a short putt, and then um, uh, Colin missing it in the playoff, uh, Daniel, you know, birdieing. I, I mean, we know there would have been the oohs and ahs, right, um, around the golf course at that point. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, there were a lot of players who came to that final hole on regulation and had chances to get to uh, 15 under, I think, which was the score that ultimately put you in a playoff. Um, so the energy around that 18th green would have been amazing. Um, but, you know, we didn't have it, but still, it was cool to watch on TV. And we, as broadcasters and media members, tried to make it as close to normal as we could. But I believe that the audience watching understands that, this is a new normal for a little while in the PGA Tour. In terms of interviews, um, you know, a lot of times you have uh, a little, what we call a uh, scrum area where the players are interviewed when they come off the 18th. It appeared that um, they were standing be, you know, behind a microphone and from what other uh, reporters have said, they were doing the interview by Zoom. Uh, quite, you know, quite strict protocols, it seems. Yeah, well, there were, their press conferences that are held by players are by the PGA Tour for players prior to competition. And it's it's a room and reporters come in and they all sit down, ask questions, and it's face-to-face. -face. Uh, you're right, these press conferences prior to competition were via Zoom. We, they were virtual press conferences. Um, so that that's what happened on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, or actually Tuesday and Wednesday. Then Thursday through Sunday, you know, then there's – press conference or interviews with players after their rounds 
And that's what normally I do. And the interesting thing about that is that normally I, I have a handheld microphone that you see it with the Golf Channel logo on it. Um, well, and I could stand you know, fairly close to a player and do the interview. Well, I had to stand at least six feet behind the player uh, and behind the camera. So you never saw my face, uh, but we still were able to conduct an interview. So, I mean, it, it was, again, odd, but effective enough to get the subject, the player, to give out information that we at home want to hear. Yeah, and, uh, you know, kudos to that broadcast team behind the scenes, you know, the production. Um, I know it was a very interesting piece that CBS led off with, with how they were putting it all together from, you know, all different parts of the country, as far as, I think, Australia. It really gave a sense of, you know, how how complicated it is to cover golf because you know we're covering 18 holes but also between the graphics and video and you know it was a it was a great look behind the scenes yeah and it shows technology and how much it is advanced too uh that we can be like you mentioned yeah it was new zealand actually there was a crew in new zealand we had a crew in orlando a crew in connecticut and a crew in Beverly Hills. Uh, I think Amanda Balionis was in San Diego. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we were all over the country and all over the world and we were able to put it together. Well, you're uh, the first guy I'm gonna talk to who has seen the beast, Bryson DeChambeau in his uh, new bulked up uh, uh, body. It's certainly been the buzz, not only last week, but already this week as he started uh, bombing drives over the netting at the driving range. What's he look like up close, Todd? Um, well, I mean, he's definitely changed. Uh, he looks like a, a bit of a WWE star more than a PGA Tour player. Um, but it seems to be working for him as far as distance off the tee. Um, the, the issue is, you know, how, how good a wedge player is he going to be because this – this kind of falls into what Dustin Johnson was able to do when he started ascending to world number one in the fact that he, he gained, he's such a powerful player and he had so much distance off the tee that he and his swing coach, Claude Harmon III, spent about 60% of the time on the range working on wedges and getting those dialed in. Because if you think about it, if you're going to hit the ball that far, you're going to have a lot of wedges in your hand. So, you know, that's it. That's with this power comes great responsibility, I think, is from Spider-Man. And, and so he's got a responsibility now to make sure that his short irons are really up to speed. But, it, you know, it seems to be working out at the gate. He put himself in contention, so we'll have to see if it continues on. He sure did. And on the flip side, you have U.S. Open champ Gary Woodland losing 25 pounds. So, right. you know, two different uh, philosophies. Well, the only concern I have with Bryson is the same reason that Garrett Woodland lost weight is stamina. Um, you can be powerful, but if you play, you know, three, four weeks in a row, you know, where are you? Because you've got 40 extra pounds that you're walking around with. Uh, and you're playing, if you make the cut, then, you know, you're going to be playing 72 whole tournaments, four weeks in a row. That's, you know, 288 holes in golf. And so... You know, where are you stamina-wise? And that's why Gary said he wanted to lose the weight because in the beginning of the year, he was always strong. He relied on his natural athleticism, being a college basketball player uh, from Kansas. And then about the middle of the year, he just kind of faded away. So 
to each their own. We'll have to see how it works out. Interestingly, uh, I hadn't thought about this, but most of the major champions, including Woodland, has had a little extra time to uh, savor his trophy with the rescheduling of the PGA Tour season. Yeah, no one will savor it more than Tiger, uh, since the Masters is the first major of the year, and now it's going to be the last major of this calendar year. Uh, but you're right. Yeah, it's, it's an opportunity. Actually, I'll take that back. Shane Lowry will have the most time. That's uh, right. Because, That's right. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> oh. So he'll get, to, he'll get to hang on to the claret jug for a little while longer. Well, he'll enjoy that. He can, uh, you know, drink a few more black and tans out of it, I imagine. <laughs> so we're at um, one of my favorite golf courses, Harbor Town Golf Links, yep. a Pete Dye design. Um, you know, we've talked about it in a couple other uh, interviews, but uh, this is, you know, this is a course that's old school, another one uh, where it's, you know, tight and um, not necessarily about overpowering the golf course. Uh, what what do you hear from players over the last two days? It's a packed, packed, um, you know, uh, roster this week with a lot of great players, again, uh, really benefiting these these tournaments out of the gate. Well, if you, you're right. And if you look at specifically the Hilton Head, it's a ball striker's golf course. I mean, it's, I mean, you look at the champions uh, from Arnold Palmer to Hale Irwin to Nick Faldo to Davis Love and so on and so on. I mean, these guys are the, strongest names in golf that could, you know, make full great contact with the club. That's what you got to do. You can actually cut some corners with power, as Bryson showed us last weekend at Colonial. You can forget about that at Hilton Head. <laughs> so yes. it's, I mean, it's, it's, you've got to move the ball properly. And uh, I'm interested to see specifically how Bryson plays that golf course and other powerful players like Roy McIlroy, Brooks Kepka. So it'll be fun. And Dustin Johnson. Well, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, of course, lots of talk about Jordan Spieth. He had a good week. Uh, you know, hasn't had a victory after, you know, his amazing, uh, you know, start on the PGA Tour. And then Rory not finishing well on Sunday. Of course, everybody's now saying, what's wrong with Rory already, you know, in terms of, you know, closing it on Sunday. Um, you know, what, what, what do you... Uh, kind of make of all this and and you know especially uh with Rory I I don't think he's too concerned well I wouldn't say that I I, th I think I would be concerned you put yourself in contention on the weekend and you kind of and you faded when you needed it um and this is not something that's new it has popped up in his career as a late of the last few years and uh from what I understand he, he's not out to at least a great start at Hilton Head so yeah, I would, I, I would be a little concerned. Um, he did say that he was technically a little off at the players, and he said he was actually happy uh, from a mechanical perspective that it got canceled uh, because he could go and work on some some things. But there's, there are things that he obviously hasn't cleaned up. If I'm Jordan Speed, I, I think last week was such a positive because he admitted several times he doesn't have his A game, and yet with his B game, he was able to put himself in detention um, and again, baby steps of improvement for him. Um, we may look back on what he's doing or what he has done during this break and as it's such a positive that he may have flipped the script and maybe going in the right direction and maybe winning again this year. 
Uh, just looking at the leaderboard real quick. It's early, Todd, but we've got Ian Poulter shooting a 64. He had a pretty good, uh, pretty good tournament last week too. Um, you know, how about the bulldog coming out here? On yeah, well, this, I mean, again, this golf course is good. Ball striker, Poulter is a good ball striker, uh, a veteran who's played that track a number of times. So, I'm not surprised that he is right where he is. Well. Uh, Final thoughts from you in terms of what are you, you know what are you looking for what player to uh, break out of the pack here have their first victory and um, who you know needs to make a statement here to say hey my game's back on track. I, well, I feel like Daniel Berger made that statement last week, um, but and I, I'm interested to see what he does uh, with. But I'm also interested in the guy who was in the playoff with, in Colin Morikawa. You know, that's the that, that was a bitter pill to swallow. He was I was right there, being interviewing him, and it's a tough interview when a guy misses a three footer to continue a playoff and loses the tournament. Um, but again, showed great maturity for his age. He sure uh, did. Like that guy uh, a lot. I, I do too. I I and the, one of the questions I asked him, and he didn't really have an opportunity because it was so fresh and emotional was we learn so much more from our adversities than our positives and that is what what is he going to learn and he says i'm going to learn a lot i'm going to you know and so you just feel like that's fuel for him to understand what he he's going to actually digest this and turn this into a positive so i'm looking i'm interested to see how he plays this week yeah great young player and um uh who uh who's your pick todd Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, well, I don't have a leaderboard. You're already looking at guys. With the... <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think it would be kind of fun to have Pulse win. Uh, but, again, I, I'm, I'm interested in Morikawa. Uh, how, how, how about this, Todd, right now? Ernie L's shooting. Uh, he's minus five, and he's got uh, four holes to go. How about that? He's already won on the PGA Tour Champions this year, and this is the golf course where he doesn't have to overpower himself. If he can, if he can putt, which has been a little, you know, off and on love affair for him, if he's putting well, look out. So that'd be that'd be fun to watch. Speaking of the champions, Jim Furyk uh, turning fifty. Um, you've got Phil just turning fifty. You think we're gonna see Phil crossover anytime soon? Uh, I don't think he'll go to the PGA Tour Champions and play for a while, but if there's a guy, in my opinion, that could easily win in his 50s on the PGA Tour, it's Phil, because he has such, uh, he has a long, fluid swing, it doesn't seem, injuries doesn't seem to bother him that much, uh, and I, although he's not as consistent as I'm sure he'd like to be, I do think he can find lightning in a bottle a week or two and, and win. Well, it's going to be uh, exciting to watch another. Uh, so much fun to have live golf back on, and yep. you know, golf is leading the way. Uh, tell my listeners uh, when they can tune in to Golf Central and and catch all the coverage, Todd. Uh, well, we're on Thursday, Friday for sure this week. Uh, we'll have also PGA Tour live. We're partners with PGA Tour, so I, I'm. It started this morning on Morning Drive. We jumped into PGA Tour live, so. Uh, just watch the Golf Channel all the time. We'll have complete coverage of Hilton Head. How about that? <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, and also, the RBC Heritage. And also the uh, great, great, great website you have with all the uh, latest scores and, and coverage across all the tours. Thank you, Todd, as always, and uh, have a great week. Thanks. Talk to you later, Holly.